the Zone Sports Network. Uh, we are here at Ken Gar Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram here in West Valley. So make sure you come down and see us, and we will let you uh, know more about what they've got. Tons of deals down here. It's a great day to come check out a car, Jake. It's a sunny day. It's kind of Labor Day weekend. Last day, last weekend to get out of town, but if you are in town, come check it out. It's the unofficial end to summer, of course. Most people mark the start of summer with Memorial Day, and then when Labor Day shows up, it's kind of the unofficial end of the 100 days of summer for most people. But it's a fun time of year. Weather's been great. It's cooled down a tad bit here in Utah, so that's a little bit better as well because it was a hot couple of months there in July mm-hmm. and August. It's cooled down a tad bit, but I think overall – it's been a fun summer. We're excited to be here. They've got great deals here, so come on by and check out their vehicles. A couple scores to keep an eye on. Northern Iowa and Iowa State are in triple overtime, uh, but it looks like uh, Iowa State may have just run it in for the win well, for Boy- the touchdown. Looks like Boise State's going to win. They just got the ball back with under a minute to go. They turned it over. Florida State did. Man, so Florida Boise- State has gone down since well, – uh, the last few years. This was a game early on. It looked like uh, Boise was going to get boat raced, but they, to their credit, they battled back, and they're going to carve out a big win for themselves. Willie Taggart, on the other hand, uh-oh, you're in trouble. Iowa State did win. It just came across on Twitter. Oh, yeah. So there you go. The yeah, Willie Taggart, a guy who uh, had one, a good gig and left after one year and maybe out of a job yeah. two years later. Yeah, no, they. it's not a good look all the way around. Let's put it that way. So. It's unfortunate because Willie Taggart, man, this has been his dream job. It has been a bumpy start to his tenure in Florida State. Definitely. All right, we were talking earlier in the show about Utah and BYU. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit more here in a second. But first, we want to let you hear from the coach and the coaches from from after the game as they spoke with the media. Um, No, we won't get into the they-so-poo-poo stuff. We should. That was great. Maybe we can. It was kind of funny. I I don't know what the big deal is, but. They so poo poo. That was a great comment. It, it's so funny. Like of all the things he could. It just kind of fits in randomly. It fits in randomly well. If you didn't hear Tyler Huntley said, "We're never going to lose to BYU." They so poo poo. You can tweet that. Absolutely. Um, or something along those lines. That's exactly what he said. But uh, I thought it randomly fits in well with some of the great lines from this rivalry. Yeah. No. It's like true. just weirdly, like for some reason, I don't know. There's the they'll be pumping my gas, and then there's they so poo poo. And it's the sad part is about the, the they'll be pumping my gas isn't actually an audio clip. It's just a quote. Or a quote, was, yeah. yeah but, but it'd be so nice to have that as a quote. Oh, yeah, that would be so awesome. But uh, let's let you hear from Kyle Whittingham, who spoke with the media after Utah got the victory over BYU. Couldn't you get the win? Um, yeah, it's a well-coached team we played. They play hard. Uh, proud of the job Kalani's doing. He's, he's working hard to get that thing where he wants it. And uh, those guys play extremely hard and smart football. Uh, didn't get much going in the first half. Uh, just the one defensive score missed the PAT. Uh, special teams were a disappointment tonight. We got to be much better on special teams. Uh, offense didn't get much going in the first half at all. Uh, then they got got some rhythm in the second half and and really rushed the football. Uh, really exerted their their will on the. Uh, on the defense there, particularly in that fourth quarter, ran out that last 9:01 uh, of the game after the, the lightning delay. Uh, Zach Moss, what he had, nearly 200 yards, 100, 180 something yards. So great job by Zach. Didn't get a lot of yards throwing the ball, but Tyler was efficient. 
13 to 16. So high completion percentage. The one we had to drop for the wide open deep crosser with Keith Heath just turned away too quick, and that would have been another big chunk play. But I thought Tyler did a great job of taking care of the football and running the offense and uh, making good decisions. Uh, defense, two defensive scores. Uh, you're not going to lose many football games when, when you can do that defensively. Uh, great job by the defense in the first half. Uh, well, the entire game for that matter, but just giving up the, the one field goal in the first, or the one, uh, two field goals in the first half. Well, it was 9-6 at half. It was 9-6. Um, anyway, we got to move on. You know, this one's over with. We got uh, a couple home games, and then we get going in the, in the pack. So we got a lot, a lot ahead of us, and uh, it's good to get this one in the rearview mirror, and uh, away we go. Questions? How, how crucial was that stretch? defensively in the, in the third quarter and fourth quarter where BYU's first three drives they only had nine plays, twenty nine yards. You guys forced two turnovers including Yeah, but set the tone. Set the tone for the second half and and uh, you know our, our defense we got some we got some playmakers over there. We got some playmakers and they they uh, they played well tonight. Uh, held them to under hundred yards rushing, which we expect to do that every week. I mean, we got a, a, a very good front seven front six, I guess you'd say, and uh, that's where defense starts, at the line of scrimmage and playing the run tough. Can you give us some gauge of how much uh, Zach Moss practiced in August? Or were you surprised? Practice every day. Yeah, practice every day. Now, he wasn't uh, in contact, but he was running through everything and, and doing uh, you know doing what he needed to do to stay tuned up for the game. How much of, of that first half is maybe Zach and maybe Britton and Tyler, obviously all season-ending injuries, kind of just getting a feel for the game again and it could have something to do with it, but uh, I don't know. You know, we just didn't get in sync. We just didn't, and, and give them credit. They kept things in front of them, tackled well, and uh, we just never got a whole lot going in that first half. We only had, what, 60, 70 yards in the first half, something like that. So, but, Is, is Jaden Redding probably where you're going to move forward? With yeah, he'll be, he'll be the kicker next week, see what he does with it. Yeah, it's his opportunity, and... and uh, you know, uh, Andy Stroud will continue to kick off. He's doing a nice job with his kickoffs. And, uh, but, uh, you know, we got to have the PATs and we got to have a, you know, a 25 yard field goal. Just have to. Have to. And so Jaden will get his opportunity. And, and Jaden was actually uh, in the lead for most of fall camp until he went down with an injury and it knocked him out for 10 days to two weeks. And so, uh, and he's still not completely healthy, but, but he's a good kicker. And so between the two of them, we'll find a way to get it done. Their reserved feel, yeah. or well, just, just that they, I think some of them might have been the rain delay. You yeah. know, kind of you're, you're about to win the game, then all of a sudden you got to sit in the lock. What were we in there? Forty minutes, thirty, fifty-four minutes. So, so that that probably took a little bit of the, the wind out of their sails. But, but uh, you know, they got they got some high aspirations this year, and this is not the end-all, be-all game. It's just not. I mean, it's it's every game's important, but we got a lot of things on the horizon. Andy Ludwig's, Andy Ludwig's first game back with you. What do you think about the most talked about identity for your offense? Overall, very good. You know, but and you judge the game in its entirety. You don't you don't judge it as a first half and a second half or a first quarter, second quarter, third. You got to judge the games in their entirety. And when you look at the the body of work, you know, sixty four snaps, three hundred and sixty something yards. But we ran the football uh, very uh, physically, and so you know we know we need to be more explosive. We didn't have enough explosive plays. We need to get the ball down the field more in the throw game. But uh, I thought it was a good start. 
and uh, we got, but we got to get better. Make, make no mistake about it. We got to get better. Was there any Spe- special teams as well. Like I said, special teams was disappointing to me. After the, the delay, the range delay, was there any discussion of resting guys, not not putting your starters back on the field? No, nope, not at all, because the game wasn't over. I mean, we were in a very similar situation last year in our game with them, and uh, it wasn't exactly the same, but. Big lead and, and uh, enough time left, so absolutely not. There was no discussion of that. Was, was the 16 passing attempts, was that a result more of what BYU was giving you in terms of dropping in? Yeah, I think it was, you know, they thinned the box out, a lot of, a lot of split safety looks, and, and, and Andy just uh, you know, wanted to continue to run the ball. And, and uh, you know, yeah, short answer, yeah. How did you handle the rain delay? What was your mentality? What did you try to get the players? Well, we got in there. First of all, made them understand the game's not over. I mean, uh, you know, literally and and you know, you know, philosophically, they, they we needed to go out there and, and finish. And so we had uh, you know kept them focused. We fed them. You know, we had snacks and Gatorades and that type of thing. Uh, when it got to about the half hour mark, our strength coach started to stretch them out a little bit in there and have them do some some uh, you know some t- calisthenic type things just to keep them loose. And uh, then when we got the green light to go out, we had a little gathering and said, you know, what needed to happen to finish this thing off. And they went out and executed exactly right. I mean, that was a nine-minute and one-second nine one drive to ice it. And uh, that's that's what you like to see. You like to see when the game's in your hands and you want to put it in the ice box to be able to do it like we did. A couple of new linebackers with new linebackers coach. What's that? You have a couple of new linebackers out yep. there. You got a new linebackers coach yep. program at first plus. I think they performed well. You know, Francis, that pick six was huge. That was a big momentum changer. Uh, Devin Lloyd did some nice things, and we got to grade the film to make sure we're, we're where we need to be in the fits and, and the drops and that type of thing. But I thought just at first blush, overall, they played a good football game. And that's a that's a great D-line to play behind. I could probably come out and play decently behind those guys. Decently. Yeah. Did you sense that the offensive line played better as the game went along? Yep, I sure did. I sure did, and that was good to see. Uh, and we weren't bad early on. We weren't bad up front. You know, the protection was pretty good. I don't know. Did we get sacked at all? I don't think there was any sacks. And so, but but they started to assert themselves as the game wore on, which is good. And it's, that's a, a product of their hard work all all summer and all fall camp. They're in great shape. I thought they. I thought we wore them down that second half. How how does BYU's defense, uh, you know, stack up with you know maybe teams in the Pac-12 generally? Well, that's a good question. But I would say they're amongst. You know the, the the better defenses. I mean, last year they were they were their, their numbers were very good last year statistically, and uh, they got a scheme that that really uh, plays to their strength. You know, keep things in front of them, and, and I don't want to say bend but don't break because I hate that term. But but they uh, they do a nice job with their you know being where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. They're well coached. Some of your guys were saying they're kind of motivational, but it just seems that kind of resembled his old self. Yeah, that was great. What, did it, what does it mean to have him back? Well, it's huge. He's, uh, in my estimation, the best running back in the Pac-12 and one of the top backs in the country. And that's I'll, I'll stand by that. And, and uh, he's a tough kid. And, and uh, you know, he was not feeling great tonight. I mean, he's still got some things ailing him. But uh, he just went out there. What did he carry it? 30 times? 29 times. So good workload for him. And we needed it. What's up, Skinny? Nice. <laughs> you guys scored nine defensive touchdowns on BYU since 2011. Six pick sixes and three fumbles. Is it nine or 11? Someone told me in the locker room it was 11 since 11. It's only nine? nine. Freak. Okay. Uh, well, that's that's good. I mean, opportunistic defense. And uh, that's what great defenses do, is they make big plays and they and they uh, score. You know, we have a, 
uh, mantra defensively, four and a score, four takeaways and a, and a one score. It would be that's ideal. And I think we're uh, three takeaways and two scores tonight. I think if I'm remembering right. So. What does nine in a row mean to this program? Uh, you know, it just means that we're continuing to take care of business. Um, and I don't know if it means any more than that. You know, we're just it, it's a game that we want to win every year. There you go, Kyle Whittingham after the game. A couple things that stood out to me, Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, the two maybe position groups had question marks surrounding Utah, the linebackers. He thought Devin Lloyd and Francis Bernard played very well. I thought Francis played very well, and Devin Lloyd played well. And obviously mm-hmm. the pick six is the one you think of. Uh, but Francis had a really nice tackle for loss early Correct. in the game. And uh, he was he very – He had, I think, three tackles for yeah, loss in had, that game. Overall. He had a really good game other than the pick six. Um, Kyle said, if you're playing behind that defensive line, even he could get out there and kind of play. Yeah. What did he say? What was the word he used? I like, don't remember. What yeah, he, but, but he's right. Uh, but those, you still have to make those plays if you're yeah. those linebackers. And uh, I thought they showed up pretty well. They did. And Trenton Carlson came in in relief mm-hmm. in some instances, and I think he had a decent game as well. You're right. That, that defensive line, how ferocious it is, makes linebacking relatively easy at this level because you got guys like Bradley Anaya, Mika Tafua, uh, John Penasini, Hawati Pututau, mm-hmm. all the guys up front on that defensive line have been absolutely awesome. So it makes the linebackers' jobs a lot easier. But I thought Utah, with two new stars at those positions, yep. really came and played really, really well because there was a big question mark. You said there's a question mark about that group. Would they hold up behind this defensive line? Well, I think for one game, absolutely. And then on the other side of the ball, the offensive line was kind of a question mark just because it was a lot of turnover. Uh, I thought they played really well. I thought they looked good. Uh, I don't know if you thought it was more to do with what BYU was bringing to the table, but no. uh, Nick Ford looked like a beast. Um, there was the one particular yeah. pancake that he had that was right in the middle of the screen, yes. and uh, it, was, it was ferocious he, to say he, the least. He got it was it was uh, Devin Kafusi, the youngest Kafusi brother yeah. of, of Bronson and Corbin, absolutely slammed him into the turf. It was like, ooh, yep. all right. And uh, so that uh, I thought they held up pretty well against what BYU was bringing. Hence why Zach Moss, who's so good anyway, but if he has a good offensive line in front of him. Yes, things yeah. are going to keep them better. Let's put it this way: that offensive line, yeah, there were massive questions. They brought on some transfers and whatnot, but for one game, they did very, very well. Zach Moss is a very patient runner. He allows his blocks to set up, and then he takes care of business. He's also a guy who can take a hit and then bounce off of it and pick up yardage on his own right. But that offensive line protected very, very well. They made sure that Tyler Huntley had plenty of time. For the life of me, I don't understand why BYU thought, well, you know what, we're going to rush with three defensive tackles and try and do that. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're just inviting trouble if you're BYU in that regard. But big credit to Utah's offensive line. They answered the bell for one game for sure. Yeah, really what you need to know about Zach Moss is that play when they're backed up about the one-yard line. Oh, yes. and uh, Or or they were at like maybe the three or they so. They were at the five. The it's five. Zane Anderson has him at the one, yep. couldn't get him down. Austin Lee comes up, tries to get him, couldn't get him down. Then he rumbles for eight or nine yep. yards. And really moves them out of there. And, Correct. Uh, so that that was that was the maybe the signature play of the game I thought from Zach Moss where yeah, you just like, thought whoa yeah. that's an incredible running back yeah I'm just looking at the defensive stats Lucky Fotu proved every bit to yep. be the t- high level NFL prospect that he should be four tackles two of them tackles for loss three three solo tackles in his own right uh, Mika Tafua notched I believe the only sack of the game officially for Utah in this but that defense 
looked every bit the hype that they received in the preseason. They looked every bit the part, at least for this first game. Yeah, Bradley and I, he had that one offsides, but also there's another, I think Hans took a still of it and tweeted it out. He's already almost in the backfield as the ball's getting to Zach or Zach Wilson's hand. Let's put it this way: Brady Christensen got away with probably ten false starts. Really, though, that's what I. You're right. I I kept thinking, wow, how many times are they going to? I rewatched that that game, and he was jumping the snap because he was worried about Bradley and I. And I and I get it. I completely get it. Brady Christensen, he was he was jumping that snap, and he got away with it to his credit. There was no flag thrown in regards to that, but Bradley and I was in the backfield. A lot, as he will be all as year long. As he will long. be all yeah, year long. Absolutely. So as we and we'll hear from Kalani on the other side. But as we extend out for what the rest of Utah's got to coming up this week, um, do you expect anything really different? Are we going to learn enough of anything about this team as they prepare for Northern Illinois, no. a team that last year uh, they didn't really perform that well against? No, and Northern Illinois they of took course, a uh, yeah. Chase Hansen interception to really put that thing away. Northern Illinois had a coaching change in the offseason. I think they're kind of reloading a little bit, rebuilding. And I don't think we're going to learn much about Utah for at least two weeks. In my mind, we'll see if that changes. We'll see if Northern Illinois does have something for them. But they're coming to Salt Lake this Mm go-around. I just feel like Utah, it's going to be smooth sailing for these next two weeks, getting ready for Pac-12 play in USC in the middle of September. About getting through it healthy or about really working things out? Uh, there's there's both. You have to balance that. I actually was surprised, honestly, that Utah decided to put their starters back in that game when that rain delay happened. Well, you heard BYU. Kyle was asked yes. about it, and he said there was no thought of the contrary. And that was kind of surprising to yeah. me, honestly, because the field is now wet. You don't want to get you guys hurt. You've got this game in hand. That was kind of surprising to me. I get that it was the first game, and you wanted to go out and – let you guys really have a run at it. I just was surprised they didn't let Jordan Wilmore, Devontae Henry, Cole, some of these other running backs finish that game mm-hmm. out. I don't know. What did you think of the guys behind Zach? I thought Wilmore showed that Jordan Wilmore's he has a future yeah, he does. at running back for the yeah. University of Utah. He's going to be a big-time player. Yeah, I think. it was a lot of carries for Zach Moss, and he proved yeah. every bit the, the top running back prospect that he is. But Jordan Wilmore looks like a guy who very much is going to be capable of carrying on the legacy of great running backs for Utah next year. I, at least that's my thought right now. Uh, you also heard Kyle was asked about, was the 16 attempts more about what BYU has given you or – uh, Andy Ludwig kind of reining it in. He said a little bit of both. They were they were leaving things out, double safeties, and so they just decided to keep running the ball. But last year, all anybody was doing was begging yeah. Troy Taylor to run the ball more, they and were. they did it. So yeah. I find it interesting that, oh, well, 29 carries is way too much now. Well, last year you were asking for 29 <laughs> carries a game. So what do you want? But Fans uh, are I, never going to be satisfied. Yeah. That's, the, that's the simple truth of the matter. This is what Kyle Whittingham dreams of, wants, has always wanted mm-hmm. in his offense, and he's getting it right now. And, yeah, it would be nice to see them throw the ball down the field on play action a little bit more. Absolutely, I get that. But this style of game what we saw against BYU is, I think, the style that Utah's going to carry forward this season. The one thing you don't want out of Tyler Huntley is that play where he just got Oh, Diane Gunwaluku just walloped pummeled. Him, yeah. Well, that, and that's the problem because you saw that Arizona, one made me my face go. Ugh. Well, I think everybody held their breath for a second because Arizona State last year yeah. he was on this roll. He'd been through all of the month of October. He'd been absolutely fantastic. He goes and breaks his collarbone and he's done for the year. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. And but maybe that was that twenty-five pounds of muscle on maybe display it was. right there. Maybe it was. And yeah. If that's if that's the case, great. But he absolutely took a 
he took a wallop. <laughs> Diane Gonwoku went right through him. And I actually like, thought Diane had a good game. We'll talk about BYU on the other side, but defensively, I thought they showed a lot of nice things. And, yeah, uh, we'll talk about that coming up next. But yeah, it was an impressive, impressive effort for Utah. This is the style that Kyle Whittingham, I think, has been wanting for some time now. He's got it, and this team looks like right now every bit the part of a Pac-12 favorite. All right, we will let you hear from Kalani Satake coming up on the other side from the uh, losing locker room as uh, BYU, of course, lost that game. We'll let you hear what he had to say and react to that and and uh, talk more about what BYU has going forward as they take on Tennessee next weekend. Tennessee was, last time I looked, 7-7 seven to seven against Georgia State right now, so that's an interesting score to keep an eye on. We are here, Jake, at uh, Ken Garf, West Valley, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, at uh, 4175 West, 3500 South down here in West Valley. Really easy to find. I got here really easily. Correct. Right, kind of uh, around the corner from uh, Granger High School. Yeah, yeah. I, I rolled by and I'm like, hey, where's Fahu Tahi? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is – never mind. Uh, I was trying to – I don't know much about Fahu Tahi. So. He was coaching at Utah State. Yeah, he was. So uh, we will uh, – so it's really easy to find. Um, they are doing their Clear the Lot sales event. Uh, for this Labor Day weekend, if you're looking to get into a car, the time is now. They've got 400 used cars to choose from. And like we were talking about earlier, Jake, July and August, record sales here. So they have no shortage of clean one-owner trade-ins. So we're looking for that car starting at under $6,000. And uh, they want to get you into a test drive. So they're offering you a $25 gift card for coming in for a test drive. Absolutely. We've also got this great lounge that we're hanging out in. Mm-hmm. I just saw over there there's a box with tons of cell phone chargers sticking out of it. Oh, nice. So you can get your, I think it's a car battery. Okay. And they have it rigged up. So uh, come in and check it out. And they've also got another lot over at 3500 Bangor um, Highway just around the corner. So come see us. We've got a couple of shirts left. We've got some hats left and mm-hmm. some desk ornaments. So come down let the sales team get you into the right used car for the right price. Uh, coming up next, more on this Utah-BYU game. As Kalani Sataki spoke with the media after that one, that's all coming up here on the Saturday Show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network, live from Ken Garf. Uh, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Fiat here in West Valley. Come see us, 4175 West, 3500 South. Jake, really easy to find. Lots of people here ready to help you out. I did not know this. We're going to talk about BYU here in a minute. This is the dealership that gives Kalani Satake his truck that he drives around. Yes, it's very nice. I did not know that. That's awesome. You said you've seen the trucks. I've seen them, and I think Jeff Grimes also has one too. And they have some awesome vehicles. We just met Alex, the sales manager Mm -hmm. here. He's the one that kind of helps. Big BYU fan. But that was kind of cool. I did not know that they brought them all the way from West Valley, but I've seen their trucks that they have, and they're sweet. Yep, and speaking of Kalani Satake, he spoke to the media after the game, and uh, uh, we'll let you hear what he has to say, and then uh, we'll talk about what BYU has to do going forward. Here's uh, head coach Kalani Sataki following the uh, loss to Utah. Uh, I think a lot of the mistakes that happened, you know, um, poor execution, and uh, we just got to get those fixed. You know, we got have uh, a little bit of time before our game next week, and we got to move on and learn from our mistakes in this game, but uh, put it behind us and get ready for the next one. Let him. Utah's a really good team, you know. They 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 uh, they've been given a lot of predictions and a lot of accolades and, and rankings, and they deserve it. And so uh, I thought we made too many mistakes uh, 
I thought we were, it was competitive. There were some really good things early, but uh, just way too many mistakes in, in terms of turnovers and put our defense in bad positions. And, and then at the end, you just, just uh, we're just surviving. They, they, they were able to uh, get the ball to Moss and do some really good things in the ground game. Why wasn't your defense able to get off the field in the second half? Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, I, I look at the uh, um, undisciplined mistakes that we made uh, the, in, in penalties. You know, we had some, uh, I think it was a personal foul late hit. And then even on, the one on third and long was the one that hurt the most. Uh, I thought we were getting some momentum. So, so some momentum until that point. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, it's hard to really spot um, them two touchdowns on, on pick sixes. So uh, that's difficult for a defense. And we felt like we were in some good positions. But I like our guys to respond better defensively, especially the last nine minutes. That was not good, you know. So, uh, didn't even get a chance to get the ball back to our offense. And so um, there's a lot of things that we need to fix, a lot of things that need to get working on, and uh, got to move on and, and get it going tomorrow. You guys have been pointing to this game for, you know, basically since mm-hmm. the last game. What's the discussions like? What do you see from the kids in there after today? Well, I mean, I, there's a – this was a competitive game for, for the most part. We, we had a bad string of luck and then – in mistakes and issues in the third quarter, you know. But uh, I thought our guys felt comfortable on the field. Um, we made mistakes on, on uh, you know, with our, our our snap, and we had third and one, you know, and that's a two-down territory thing for me to go forward on fourth if we don't get it on first down uh, on the third down. So uh, the the lack of scoring touchdowns early hurt us, but. Um, I, I know we've made mistake. We made some mistakes, but you have to give credit to Utah. They're a really good team. That defense is sound. They made some big plays. They, they gave some different looks, and um, they, they were able to control line of scrimmage. You know, and, and so I think Kyle said that this was one of his best defenses they have, uh, and I saw, I saw it, and I, I, I believe them. And so I think they're a great bunch and a great group of uh, talent on that team, and I think they're going to they're gonna make some noise. Looked like Zach was maybe trying to force things, maybe trying to do a little too much. Yeah. What, did you, what do you say to him after that? Um, I think a, there's a quite a few guys that were trying to do that, make make the play themselves. It, it, it's um, I thought we did some good things in, early in the run game and controlling Moss a little bit and making it hard for him. He's a he's a special back, you know, and and um, but uh, guys trying to make the play themselves and being undisciplined. And uh, it wasn't just Zach. There were others that were doing that in this game. And, and uh, you know, we, we pride ourselves in everyone doing their 111th, and that didn't happen. So, uh, obviously, Zach made some mistakes, and he'd like to take some of those back. And um, I want him to stay aggressive, and, uh, you know, I believe in him. So we'll, we'll just keep working. Um, proud of the energy and the excitement that our guys brought to the field. But, um, you know, we, we failed to play a full 60 minutes and, and made way too many mistakes. And, and I, I, I've just... I'm just excited to move on to the next one and learn from this and get going and prep for Tennessee. I saw the Williams with just seven carries. Was that just the course of the game, or would you like to see that get more? Yeah, I think the the problem was um, just uh, not able to sustain drives, really, you know, and and, and I I thought I'm looking at the the stats here and um, just just the the issues, the penalties, and things that were were putting us in bad position. Um, I, I don't... It's one of those things that we have to watch a little bit on film to see what we can do to get get the uh, get more points on the board. But at the same time, I, I, I don't want to take away any anything from that Utah defense. They did some really good things, you know. So 
uh, they, they made things really difficult for us and uh, we were able to get some chunk yards in the run game and everything like that but I think for the most part they played really sound defense in the run game and uh, we, we thought you know we saw some things that we could really help us out in the pass game and we'll just keep working you know I, I, I don't I think uh, as, after we watch film we'll be able to evaluate a little bit more but probably have more answers for you next week how did you spend the yeah, we just well, we had our guys dry off and get ready for the last nine minutes, you know, and we kind of wait. We're waiting for the time, and I, I thought it was a good time to get a good break and, and trying to get our guys um, amped up for the game for the rest, rest of the, the fourth quarter. Uh, and then when we took the field, that last drive was just Utah um, really putting their, their foot down and, and trying to you know, force feed Zach Moss. And he did a, an amazing job of running that ball. So their O-line and, 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 uh, and the backs and the tight ends that blocked for him did a great job at, at pushing the line of scrimmage. And, and they just drove down the field and really didn't give us a chance to even get the ball back. And so that was a little disappointing from our defense. But I, like I said, I think offensively that uh, Utah just were ready to do that. They were in four-minute mode right from, the, right from the beginning of the nine minutes. Well, you, you guys plotted, prepared for this game for eight months. Mm -hmm. just how disappointing is it that you just fell short? Well, it, it is disappointing, but I, I'm going to have to tell you that, that our, our – um, I don't think things went as well as we wanted to in this game, but the sense of urgency and the, the, the fact that our players were prepared and getting ready for this game, um, we knew that Utah was going to be a great opponent. Uh, I still think that that has a lot of carryover in our preparation. We just need to trust our preparation more and, 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 and focus and uh, execute better, you know. But um, like I said, I, the, the problem is that Utah is a really good team and that we didn't really help ourselves with some of the mistakes that we made, that we're not really seen there in, in camp. And so, um, but you have to give them credit for the stuff that they were able to, to impose on us, you know. Uh, but I still believe that there's a lot of good things that came from getting ready for a, a, a great opponent like Utah and um, you know we, we're going to learn some lessons from this and, and try to answer back and and uh, we'll have to get back to you know take it out on Tennessee next week and so we'll take some time to, to get ready to work tomorrow and, and, and uh, it's the only way to, to face this is to work hard and, and do even more to get ready for the next game. Last few questions. Coach, do you think uh, with how this rivalry has gone over the last decade is there a different level of respect maybe Side. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, we pride ourselves on playing with sportsmanship, you know, and I was proud of our guys, the way they played this game, clean game. Um, I thought uh, Utah did the same thing, you know, it was a, it was a good, hard-fought, clean game, and um, I think there's a lot of respect on both sides. I think the crossover and the friendships, and you, you know, we know a lot of guys on that team, and they're friends with ours, and so... Um, you know, it's a competitive game and a competitive series, but um, just disappointed that didn't go the way we wanted. You know, but uh, again, uh, now we'll see what we're made out of. How do you close the gap? I mean, again, competitive, but not being able to deliver the home year after year. Mm -hmm. What's what's got to change? Well, the, the biggest issue would be for us to to get better at taking care of the football. That would be one thing. I, I think if you look at the last decade. Um, it, turnovers have been the, the issue, you know. So, um, just just errors were the ones that we really can't judge it. If we're giving up fourteen, uh, two touchdowns on pick sixes, and 
and fumbling a ball in the red zone and giving the, uh, a, a great team like Utah those those uh, shortcuts to the field, you know. So, um, yeah, we just have to keep working on it. We have to keep working. And um, I believe in these guys. I believe in our quarterback. I believe in our team. And uh, we just have to get better performances than this. I thought mindset-wise we were ready to go. Um, just didn't go the way we wanted. So we're going to go back to the drawing board, watch film, evaluate, and get better. And like I said, we have – uh, more games left to go and focus on Tennessee now. There you go. BYU head coach Kalani Satake. And I'm not going to lie, Adrian. I sat in that postgame press conference and I didn't hear many answers, if that makes sense, mm, coming mm-hmm. with Kalani. I actually thought the most, um, po- the most insightful stuff actually came from Matt Bush. Maybe we can get to that at some point during today's show. We'll see. He actually was answering a question at one point, and he kind of stopped and said, you know what, this sucks. <laughs> that's what he said. Really? That's the streak. Funny. And I'm like, hey, that's actually okay. Like, I'm glad you're, you're owning the fact that you've lost nine straight games to your rival, and it sucks, plain and simple. Utah is really, really good. BYU hurt themselves a lot in this game. There's a lot of people down on the Cougars for good reason. I am interested to see them go to Knoxville next week and see how they do against Tennessee because I think we'll have a better barometer of, okay, that was an anomaly in terms of what they did against Utah or if that's going to be what the season's going to be like. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. it's one-game conclusions, stuff happens. and But Utah absolutely crushed them in this game. They need to regroup. They have a few, few extra days now to prepare for Tennessee because of the Thursday night game against Utah. I am interested, though, to see them when they square off in Knoxville, if they're going to look like a different team or if this is going to be the norm for the 2019 season. So we were talking before the show, Mm -hmm. and you seemed a little more optimistic than I think some people uh, may, like some other people have been heading into uh, the University of Tennessee game. And so what are some of those things, though, that you saw that made you think, oh, maybe this is going to look different against a Tennessee team that it would against Utah. Let's put it this way. Tennessee's defensive line is not Utah's defensive line. They have they got uh, Aubrey Solomon eligible this past week. He's a Michigan transfer. He's a former five-star prospect. But outside of him, they have a bunch of freshmen and sophomores playing along their defensive line. I thought BYU's defensive line facing off against what Phil Steele and multiple other national media pundits have tabbed as the, as the best defensive line in college football. They actually held up decently well. They opened some holes for Tyson Williams, despite only having seven carries. That's an issue there. They, I thought they held up relatively well there. I think going up against a defensive line who maybe isn't as ferocious and talented as Utah's, I think they can run the ball more effectively, and that should be their game plan, I think, going forward. Yeah, I was shocked he only got seven carries. Well, they only three times in the first half. It's like, what are you doing? This guy's picking up almost right. nine yards and, per carry. And you mentioned the second half they only had two drives. Yeah. But and it did, it did not seem like, because a few weeks ago we were talking right after a scrimmage that mm-hmm. – uh, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes had said mm-hmm. Tyson Williams is that every down kind of back we've been looking for and to use him only three I mean he averaged that's three and a half a half uh-huh. and there were more opportunities to use him and he averaged six and a half yards a carry and yet they only used him seven times I was very surprised that that was their game plan um, if it wasn't their game plan, maybe they forgot about him. I am not sure, but you got to use a guy that you yeah. brought in to run the ball every down, and they did not use that. I had a conversation with a BYU coach earlier this summer, and he had told me at that time 
that all thoughts were that Tyson Williams was going to be the guy for BYU running mm-hmm. back. And this is in, I t- had this conversation in early June. So this is before fall camp. It's two months away still at that point. They said that Tyson Williams, they were hoping, was going to be the guy. And the other comment in addition to that was they wanted to rely on their running backs to really lead this team. They wanted to be a run-first team. I felt like that game they went into it thinking, we can't run against this Utah defense. They were trying to pass to open up the run. And I think actually Tyson Williams probably opened their eyes early on. and was like, oh, actually, he is getting right. Really that's hard. what I was and surprised you should, by. And they should have said, okay, we're shifting this game plan. Yeah. They didn't do it, no, though. They didn't adjust. They stuck with it. It's like, only ran them seven times. And see, that's, I think, one of the bugaboos that has been plaguing Kalani Sitake during his head coaching career at BYU is his lack or his staff's inability to adjust in-game to mm. what they had projected for this game versus actually in-game seeing what's happening and adjusting on the fly. Maybe it's a lesson learned. Maybe it's not. But they they should have been like, Tyson, you're picking up nine yards per carry. Here's four or five more carries yeah. in this first half. See what you can do. I yeah, don't know. It was, I don't know. They didn't. There were a couple things that I was surprised by. The Jaron Hall stuff. Um, use that running game to set up Zach. I feel like Zach Wilson could really carve a team up if he's getting six yards out of his running back. I think the drive you saw late in that game where BYU actually got that touchdown that Tyson Williams scored, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson got into a groove and was starting to really, like, just he was throwing passes. And when he gets into that groove, he's hard to stop. The problem was they kind of disrupted that groove in the first half by putting Jaron Hall into that game. And you're like, okay, let this kid play. If Jaron Hall's going to be your specialty guy, Great, but you're screwing up the flow of your starter here, and I mm-hmm. really did, do think that affected him in that game. I I felt like that drive in that second half when they went right down the field, scored that touchdown, it was too little too late. There's no doubt about it. It was right. putting lipstick on a pig at that point. But him doing that, it got him into a group, and you saw what he can do when he starts getting some momentum. It's it's impressive to see. I felt like they disrupted that by using those gadget plays, putting Jaron Hall in the game. I think it threw him off, and I think it affected him clearly. Well, speaking of Tennessee, they're in a battle right now with Georgia State. Georgia State is deep within Tennessee territory. Yep. And they Tennessee leads 14-7. to There's an injury timeout, but we'll keep you posted on that game. Correct. As uh, obviously BYU's next opponent. Do you got your sunscreen ready for when you head out there? I do. I, I'm going out next Friday. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm excited to go see uh, Tennessee. Of course, Neyland Stadium holds 100,000 people. I'm excited to see it. It sounds like there's supposed to be a pretty healthy contingent of BYU fans traveling, too. Somewhere around 10,000, apparently, were expected to make the trip. That would make for an interesting setup there as well. Yep, definitely will. So, a lot of questions in my mind, but it might have been just the fact that Utah was so good. Utah is I, – I, I, here's the thing. You guys know what I do. I do the Locked On Cougars podcast. I cover BYU heavily for our station. It gives me a reputation. I completely get that. What I will say right now is Utah did nothing to make me think that, guess what, they're the Pac-12 favorite. They were phenomenal in that game. Yep, they certainly were. Uh, Coming up on the other side, it's time for five minutes of soccer as we're getting into the RSL talk as they've made a uh, rise up in the Western Conference either call it meteoric or not they are there (laughs) and uh we'll get into that also let's preview a little bit of the nfl season jake we'll also let you talk or let you talk we'll let you hear from gary anderson who spoke post game as utah state fell to wake forest in a thriller out there in winston-salem lot coming up uh for the rest of the show so stick around here on the zone sports network this is the saturday show
Quarterback Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Adrian Lizer, Jake Hatch. We're here at Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in West Valley. We'll tell you about what they've got going on. But first, it is time for five minutes of soccer with Jake Hatch. And Jake, in preparation for this segment, I take a look at the standings and what do I see? But RSL sits at second in the West. It seems so long ago that they were at the bottom. And here they, <laughs> they are. They haven't ever hit the bottom. Started this from the near bottom, and now they are here with a total of 43 points. Now, far below LAFC, whom they but will not LAFC's catch. But LAFC is lapping the field on everybody in yes. the league. Yes. So uh, tell me, how have they achieved such success lately? Well, I think it's just been the fact that they've taken care of business at home. They started to pick up some road results as well. They'll be on the road tonight, 830 Mountain Time, against the Portland Timbers up there at Providence Park. And. Portland, normally, you'd be thinking, okay, Portland, this is going to be a tough game for them to win because Portland's been pretty good at home. This year, though, they've, they're have 5-3-2 at home, which is a far cry from what they have been previously at home. They're normally a team that has, like, maybe one loss mm-hmm. at home all year long. So RSL's got to be thinking tonight, we can carve out a road point at least, maybe pick up a win here. Seattle Sounders went to Portland last week, who are tied with RSL in second place, and absolutely just carved Portland apart in the midfield. It's a big opportunity here for Real Salt Lake. They're in good form right now. The tough part is they have, I think, 10 guys who have been called in to national team duty after this match tonight, and that will make it for a tougher setup when they go face San Jose the following week. But tonight, go pick up this win Get those points. That way you can absorb those losses with guys traveling all over the world for international duty over the next week. I cannot believe what my ears just heard. What? Go on the road and get a win? Well, it's always the mentality, but you're okay with it. You always told me to get a draw. No. Okay. From a fan perspective, uh, Eric, you can wait on this. Eric's going to join us, too. He's our tag. He's an RSL fan as well. The mentality in MLS, with all the travel, everything involved, every team's going to go in thinking, if we can win here, that's uh-huh. great. But as a fan, you'll happily accept a road point if you can get it, if it's okay. a given to sometimes you. It's, it's just, sometimes it's just as good as a win. And Portland, they're an interesting team because the last two weeks they have had two rough losses to two very good teams in Atlanta mm-hmm. and Seattle. Yeah. But through most of mid-July and into August, they were dominating teams in the Western Conference. And Adrian, to kind of your point, that that second in the Western Conference, it's almost it's almost a false second. But you'll take it because home matches in the playoffs, it, you take every time. You'll take it, but just to give people a little bit of context, there are three points separating the second and seventh team hmm, in, in the Western Conference. There is literally one game in what within one game they could be in the seventh spot, and within two games, they could be out of a playoff. So even more important to get that win yes. tonight. Well, I, like I said, that's what I was talking about with the national team duty coming up. Albert Rusnak, RSL literally has only taken one point when he's been out of the lineup this year. Okay. He's going to play for Slovakia. There are ten guys from RSL that are slated to go on international duty, whether it's with the United States, U20, U23, or national team. Uh, Sam Johnson, their star striker, is going to play for Liberia. Well, that's going to screw up what is a critical match against San Jose, I think, in a week the week after this. So it's critical that you go out and win this match tonight. I watched that Seattle-Portland match last week, and Portland was Swiss cheese, for lack of a better term, in the midfield. RSL should look at what Seattle did, just carving Portland up, scoring goals, and then get out of there with the win to make that 
absorb those losses against a team like San Jose coming up, make it a little bit easier because it's going to be tougher to win that match, I think, with the international call-ups. When's the playoffs start? Playoffs are not until October. Oh, okay. So there's there are seven matches remaining for RSL here. However, with RSL, if you could even get, like, a dr- two draws the next two weeks, the schedule gets markedly easier through the rest of September. Correct. Their toughest game is probably the Galaxy, but Zlatan Ibrahimovic is not trying to play soccer currently. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> He scores goals, though. That's all that matters. So I'm not even sure if that's a tough game, but they have Houston, which they've completely fallen apart. Vancouver, who's a bottom-of-the-league team. New England's kind of getting back on track, but there's still a winnable game. And then Minnesota. So these next three weeks, if RSL can get seven points in the next three weeks. They are pretty much set. I yeah, would say. so we'll see. It'll be interesting. But it's a big opportunity tonight because Portland doesn't like. He was right. Portland earlier on this summer looked very, very good. All of a sudden, though, mm. they look very beatable. So we'll see what happens tonight. So make sure to catch that game. Looks. David James will be on the call. 8.30, looks like. 8.30. David James will be on the call. KMYU, the KSL TV app, or KSL.com. Check it out. Well, there you go. That's five minutes of soccer with Jake and Eric. Uh, One of these days we'll have to get into why uh, one sport, when it comes to national team duty, everyone freaks out and doesn't want their players to go. But in another sport, they don't care. and they let Are we we speaking of Gary Bettman's league? No. I'm talking about the NBA. I'm talking about the NBA. I think – we need that's hockey actually also. that's a yeah, massive. Hockey, there's yeah. actually I have a very th- good thought about that. It's hard to describe in a minute because I know we got to take a break. Because you're you're talking like the biggest players in the world go play for their national teams and no one cares. But it in the in U.S. The NBA, in the USA we're very club centric. Does that make sense? We the clubs that we support, the teams we support, uh-huh. are more important than national pride. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Where that's and that's kind of that's this that's, that's like the. the that's your thesis that's statement? thesis statement okay. of my argument for We'll have that. to get into that one of these days. Yeah. That's a, well, I find that an interesting The World topic. Cup of Basketball is to start this weekend, right? Yeah. So we can talk about it next week maybe. Yep. Um, we are here, Jake, and uh, thanks for that soccer input out of you and Eric. We're here at Ken Garf, uh, Chrysler Jeep, Dodge Ram here in West Valley, 4175 West, 3500 South, Jake. We're having a great time hanging out with yeah. our friends uh, down here. This is our first time here, so I'm excited to be here. This is our first time here. out here. I know that the zone has been here before, but it's our first time visiting, and it's a fantastic setup. They've got all kinds of cars out on this view, uh, on this lot. They also have a second lot. That shows you how many cars in yes. inventory they've got. You guys should come by, check it out. I think you said that they're, they've got used car vehicles starting under $6,000. Yes. It's a swinging deal. So yep. come on by, check it out. We'd love to see you guys. we still got some jazz swag to give away if you want to come on out. Say hi. We're here for another hour. It's it, it's been awesome. Like the sales manager came over, said hi. They are an awesome staff here. So come on by and say hi. Yeah, they want to clear the lot, so they're offering twenty five hundred or twenty five hundred twenty five dollar. Okay, twenty five dollar gift cards just for taking a test drive, and uh, yeah, they and like I, we said earlier, they've got they've had record sales, mm-hmm. so they've had a lot. They have no shortage of clean one owner trading. So come in and take a test drive, get twenty five dollars. And uh, head out, uh, and maybe you can head out of here in a new used car. There's an awesome Ram yep. right here. Check it out. So check it out. Come see us. We'll be here until 4 o'clock. All right, coming up on the other side, let's preview the NFL a little bit, and then we'll get into Gary Anderson and Utah State. What do you think? Let's do it. Sound good? We'll yeah. also give you a scoreboard update from across college football. One of the best teams in the country. Are they struggling? They're not playing great. They're, they're not playing great. We'll get into that. That's all coming up next in the 3 o'clock hour here on the Saturday Show.
Bees fans, the Dodger Resorts and My Holiday Pass have teamed up to get fans up to $250 in travel credit to a Vedanta Resorts location. Vedanta Resorts is a proud partner of the Salt Lake Bees and Mexico's finest luxury resort destination. Do not miss your opportunity to cash in on a 